Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company. We are Pets Health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, how's everyone on this Tuesday? Are you doing all right? Ah, I'm so glad you are. I, uh, You know, it's summertime, so you're going to hear some replays five days a week. Uh, that's a lot of information that we're putting out. So I'm sure that you may have forgotten some of the information from uh, older podcasts, but I'm here live with you today. And uh, Dr. Jasek and I will be talking about some really important information tomorrow as well. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. You guys are amazing. Remember, our yappy hour has now changed to Wednesdays. We've moved it up a day. It's on Wednesdays from 6 p.m. to midnight here in the mountain region. All right. So don't forget to get over there and check out our sales every uh, Wednesday night. Also, remember, we have the experts here to help you. Uh, We're not going to be able to help you with medical situations through our chat site, but you can um, sign up for a consult with Dr. Jasek, with Neely Piazza, with Dana Chick, with um, Andy Dr. Andy, um, there's just so much knowledge here. And uh, I always think the first step (laughs) towards your pet's best health is getting a second opinion. And certainly, you guys, listen, if you're not working with a vet who feeds raw, you're going to get very different information than you will get from our experts, okay? There's a toolbox in the raw world, and there's a toolbox in the traditional world, and the two will never meet. (laughs) They just, they're not going to meet. Yeah, very different. All right. So what are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about Brian's beef. We get another Brian's beef. I always love Brian's beef uh, because he comes at everything from such a great angle. I mean, he really, really does. Oh, I love this one for today. Uh, And the title is Don't Ask Why Raw Food is So Expensive. Ask why kibble is so cheap. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? And Brian goes on to say, well, I borrowed this prompt because I love it so much. He said, you know, one of the most common comments I hear about raw, fresh food diets is that they're too expensive. And my question has always been compared to what? Kibble? Well, that's not food. (laughs) Yes, he says, a car is more expensive than a bicycle, but it does more for you than a bike. I mean, real food does so much more for your dog than processed cardboard. Looking at it this way, you can see how invalid both comparisons are. I love that, Brant. So, So clear. It's such a great visual. He goes on to say the cost of fresh food a diet uh, for your pet, uh, it can be viewed as the same as the cost of, yeah, your diet. 
Sure, food is expensive these days. Ain't that the truth? But what isn't? I mean, are you sacrificing quality and nutrition for your family? Or are you finding creative ways to make it work? Are your dogs not family? Well, mine are, Brian. I don't think they're kids, but they are my family, right? He says, shouldn't we do the same for them? All things we're willing to do for the rest of the family. Shouldn't we do the same thing for our pets? He says, pet parents are unwilling. And I, I will... I will attest to this. This is true. Pet parents are unwilling to look at the cost of raw, fresh food this way because deceptive and manipulative marketing has conditioned them to believe feeding their pets should only cost a minimal amount. Okay, I'm going to pause right there and just make a comment before I go on reading Brian's beef. Marketing has screwed the world up. I mean, it really has. And you listen to the so-called authorities. And now what are we finding? What are we finding three years later about, oh, listen to the experts. Don't think for yourself. And all of the marketing that they did with social media and the celebrities and the commercials and the dancing people. Oh, my goodness. And today I read something that is very frightening that they found the cancer virus or they found the cancer thing in the, yeah, the, the, yeah. Okay, whatever. I'm going on with Brian's thing. Um, He said, the reality is that, uh, wait, let me see where I, I stopped here. Oh, okay. That, that their pet food should only cost a minimal amount. And they do this to make a species appropriate diet look like a fad. A fad reserved only for those with means or money. I mean, that's what you're really saying there, isn't it, Brian? Only reserved for those with money. That's what they're trying to make it sound like. And the reality is that when you decide to get a dog, you are bringing a carnivore, a carnivore, not a kibblevore, a carnivore into your home. And feeding a carnivore should never be considered something you could do on the cheap. And and bringing a carnivore into your home, you know, that should be done with careful consideration. Amen, B, amen. I love that. That's so true. And he said, what is easily forgotten is that kibble is not how dogs have always eaten. <laughs> that No. And and again, I say that in many years, we're going to forget what people really ate. I mean, we ate steaks and baked potato and we ate vegetables. And pretty soon, we're going to be eating crickets. Crickets and other type of bugs with those legs. Have you tried a cricket lately? I don't know about you. I'm not fond of them. Brian goes on to say pet food manufacturers want you to think that, you know, uh, they want you to think that. Dogs have always eaten kibble. But the truth is, it's only been around 67 years. 67 years, folks. Not that long, considering how these carnivores have been on the earth. You know, before 67 years ago, you know what dogs ate? They ate what we ate. 
And I hear people all the time say, well, we don't give our dogs table scraps. And I'm like, well, if you're giving them kibble, I hope you are giving them table scraps, except not bacon grease. Don't do that. He said, you know, they got table scraps, things we didn't want and things they found while exploring the world outside, you know, outside in the sun with their paws touching things like <gasps> dirt. Yeah. Dirt. Oh my gosh, my dog's in the dirt. He's eating poop. Yeah, that's what dogs do. Come on. They're not kids. Brian goes on to say, if we went back to feeding our dogs like we eat, you know, provided we don't eat McDonald's every day, we would have a more normalized feel of what it costs to feed a dog, a carnivore. Owning and caring for another living creature is a costly undertaking. And many couples, many couples prepare for years before starting their families. Not all, not all, Brian, not all. Right? There's some people like, whoops, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Whoop. Okay. The same level of thought and consideration should occur when adding a pet into the family. And this consideration starts with a realistic idea of what it costs to feed a dog. Let me rephrase that. What it costs to feed a carnivore. Second name dog. All right. He says, while more expensive than what you're used to, you know, feeding a species appropriate diet is the best way to decrease the overall cost of owning a dog. He says, what is the benefit? What is the benefit of only spending $50 a month on food when you're also spending another two to 500 a month at the vet because of that said food? And I'm going to say of that crappy sphincter food. Brian says, I doubt most people would continue to put bad gas in their car if saving a couple of bucks a gallon meant their car was in the shop most of the month. However, he says, people do just that with their pets and consider that normal. Or they'll ask, what can they buy to add to that gas to make it a little, you know, less bad? How make that gas, how make that cheap gas a little less bad? How do I, how do, I do that? Lady, you're out of your mind. That's what they should be saying. Lady, you're out of mind. Brian goes on to say, and when the vet costs get too much, they'll start paying an insurance company monthly premiums and think they're getting a deal because now they're only responsible for 20%, 20% of those vet costs. Never once are they looking at what they could spend their money on to stay out, get out, stay out of the vet's office in the first place. If food were your primary expense for your dog, you would not be spending a lot of other money you're currently spending on your dog. This is a mind shift, folks. You got to snap out of it. You got to wake up, stand up, snap out of it. Mind shift here. Brian says, be more realistic. 
be more realistic about what it costs to feed a dog. Stop spending a small fortune trying to supplement a substandard diet and just buy the real thing instead. Don't compare anything to the cost of kibble. Kibble is the outlier score that throws off the class curve. Yeah, listen to that again. Kibble is the outlier score, okay, that throws off the class curve, right? So look at feeding your dog like feeding another family member at your table. And Brian ends with this. He says, if you believe that food is thy medicine, food is thy medicine. Spending your money on real food rather than medical care, treating conditions caused by fake food will add money to your bank account and years to your dog's life. Yes. I like that one. I like today's, today's, today's uh, Brian's Beef. I really do like that a lot. I think that is fabulous. I think that is the way that we want to think about it. I get it. Prices are going up everywhere. I don't think that, um, I don't think we've seen the worst of it. So here's what I would recommend is that you get yourself a big freezer and you start accumulating uh, raw food. And you know what else you can do? You can get yourself a freeze dryer, a Harvest Right freeze dryer. And you can get the largest one, about 5,000. I get it. Ouch. Yeah. Mm -mm. Um, And you start freeze drying your dog's food. And and, and the shelf life of that uh, is, you know, 25 years. You just, it's it's sort of like, you know, buy now, say, you know, live later. I started to say save later, (laughs) live later. Um, That's what we do a lot of that. Um, there's nothing in our food other than the ingredients listed on the site. So don't text me, don't email me and ask me if I'm adding stuff. How can I add it if it's not in the ingredient list? We are so scrutinized here in the raw dog food industry. We, 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 it doesn't work that way. Labeling laws, they're on us all the time. What's in your food? Nothing. But yet you guys will go out there and buy the kibble. You can't even pronounce the ingredients come on you gotta you've gotta put your money where the people are working hard to keep you healthy and happy and taking the slings and arrows for doing it and that's what's happening we're getting beat up all the time so think about that think about that go beat up on those kibble companies I bet they want me to answer the daggum phone. Mm. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Raw Dog Food Truth. You know we're here for you. Um, we've got lots of information, lots of experts. We've got the Learning Center. I've got blogs. I've got videos. We've got more coming all the time because we want you to help your pets live their longest life yet. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you tomorrow right here with Dr. Judy Jasek. Bye, everybody. Oh, snap.
Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.